0: Art can mean different things to different people. For me, it's all about the joy of creating. So if you draw, paint, write, dance, sing, craft, play air guitar, or even sculpt using nothing but mashed potatoes, consider yourself an artist and join the conversation. For the next half hour, meet the artist, learn about their inspiration, and enjoy the beauty of creativity. Welcome to Art Talk with John Cole Artist. Well, good evening, everyone. It's John Cole, artist, and I want to welcome you to our talk with me. Now, in case you're wondering, my voice is extremely sexy tonight, and that's because I'm right in the middle of what I think is a chest cold. I don't think it's anything more than more than that. At least, hopefully not. Uh, but today is September 5th. Jennifer and I were talking about this, and I think we agreed that it was the fifth. Yep. Yes. So tonight I've got a very special guest, my dear friend Jennifer Etzweiler. She is both an artist and an animal communicator, which I find to be an extremely interesting subject because I think there's an art to that. Would you agree, Jennifer?
1: I would. Absolutely.
0: Good, good, good. So I wanted to give you a moment, if you could just introduce yourself to our audience. Now, we have some folks watching live tonight, and of course, this will be uh, pushed out on YouTube so folks can watch it again later. And then sometime tomorrow, this is going to go basically worldwide, right? Because uh, we'll put this thing up on Spotify and people can listen to it in their cars or when they're feeding their animals.
1: Okay, the pressure is on if this is going worldwide. I'm Jennifer Etzweiler and I talk with animals using telepathy, uh, otherwise known as animal communication. And if that sounds a little woo-woo, I'm right on board with you. It feels very woo-woo to me some days too.
0: Yeah. So that's such an interesting animal communications to me is just such an interesting thing. Um, Well, first of all, Anna Davis, she says, hi, friends. Hi, Anna. Hey, Anna. Thanks for for watching tonight. Yeah. Animal communications. It's really an interesting subject to me. And, you know, you mentioned the word telepathy, you know, I mean, just, just for, just so you know, I mean, I have always, I've always been drawn to that. um, I don't know if the word is new age, but I don't even know if you would use the word paranormal, but I've always been drawn to those type of subjects. As a kid, I used to have all these books about ESP, Time Life. Yeah. Mag- remember, remember Time Life? They used to have series of books that they would put out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd buy the free copy. And next thing you know, because you're a kid, right, you would go ahead and sign the little card and mail it in. Um, yeah, I used to love reading those things. And I just found that subject so fascinating. And as an animal communicator, that's what you do.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, there are all different types of gifts that would fall under ESP or paranormal or whatever. Um, I, I personally believe that we all have them. It's just a matter of practicing and training ourselves and, um, learning what the different symbols that we get in our mind mean to us. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating topic.
0: So maybe you could tell us how does it actually work? <laughs> maybe that's a loaded question. I, I, you know what I mean. But I mean, I understand. Oh, and Christine's on. She says hello, beautiful souls. Hi,
1: Christine. Hi, Christine.
0: So, I mean, you. So you
1: I can tell you how my process works. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a little bit different for everyone. Um, so my process starts with I meditate. And I ground myself, which means I really get my consciousness in connection with the earth. And um, people get a kick out of this, especially little kids. But one of the things I do in my meditation is I breathe through my feet. Okay. Which sounds very weird. Mostly, I just imagine the air coming up through my feet instead of in through my mouth. But it gets me out of my head and, and into my feet. So I'm not thinking so much. Okay. Um, because as I get the messages, whether they're, whether I hear them or see them, um, it, it can be really challenging to not overthink what I'm getting and what it means. So if I just get the message and say it, um, I'm much more likely to get an, give an accurate message to whoever I'm talking to. Okay. So That's the first thing that I do is ground myself. And then I um, connect with the animal and introduce myself because, you know, it's rude to not do that. And (laughs) And I start off by asking them questions about themselves, like, do they have a favorite food or a favorite toy or a favorite activity? And that helps both me and their person know that I'm talking to the right animal because I have connected with the incorrect animal and I'll bet you there isn't an animal communicator out there that hasn't done it at right, least. Right. Um, and then once I'm through all of that, then uh, if their person has let me know that they have a question up front, I will, I will start asking questions and have a conversation. If not, I'll let the, just talk to the person and let them know this is what I've gotten so far. Now, what questions do you have? And then we proceed from there.
0: Okay. So, I mean, are you asking the questions then with your mind?
1: Pretty much. Yeah.
0: And is it in, is it using imagery or do you ask the questions using standard American English?
1: I use standard American English consciously. Uh Um, I will say that if you close your eyes and think a thought, you see pictures. So right. it's really hard to not think the thought without seeing pictures um, or hearing something or whatever. So it, it for me it's a combination of those things. Right. Um, when I first started, I got the picture that I saw was actually words spelled out in front of my eyes because mm. I'm very a very wordy person normally. Um, But as time went on, I get a combination of sometimes I'll hear something. Sometimes I see a picture. Sometimes I see words. Um, Just all depends on on how my brain wants to filter what I'm getting.
0: Interesting. And uh, Anna says, Jennifer is great even when there is a big group of
1: animals. (laughs) And Anna would know. (laughs) I think I talked to six in one day for her.
0: Wow. Wow. So do you have to like then... um, actually, that's a good point, right? So you have, let's say you, well, first of all, let me back up for a second. When would somebody reach out to an animal communicator?
1: So most frequently it's when there's some kind of crisis. Okay. Um, either um, there's a behavioral issue that like, I just can't take it anymore, make it stop. Um, Or um, they're very sick and the vet can't figure anything out or, Um, They're trying to make an end of life decision and they want to make the right decision and they want their pet's input. Um, Those are the most frequent calls that I get and that I hear about from my friends that are animal communicators. Um, I personally have been really encouraging people to just call me just because and check in with their animal. Um, Not because I care about the money, but because our animals need to feel seen and heard, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we recently—I um, don't want to say picked up a stray cat; rather, the stray cat has picked us up.
1: Yes, your stray cat very much picked you
0: up. Yeah, yeah and she's currently like she's—we're—we're we're kind of splitting her time between inside and outside, and um, you, you know, I, I think animals can a lot of. I'm speaking funny. I think animals many times can express themselves just by their actions, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: like when we had milk bone, milk bone, before he passed away and he was our Springer spaniel, you know, if he wanted to go out, he would go by the door. If he, if he wanted to eat, he would make a certain action. Um, I, so, so in a way that's a form of animal communications, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. But,
0: but what you're saying is what you can then provide folks is some, is, is really that next level service. Um, if the animal, I guess, you know, uh, is ill or, you know, is older or something like that, and you can't figure it out just by the normal communication, then, then that would be a, you would be somebody that we would reach out to and say, hey, look, you know, and like you said, asking that question, is it the right thing at the end, I know can be for a lot of people an extremely difficult thing.
1: Oh, it's it's no. very very difficult, and no. and as you say that, I realize that the one that I left off of there is i is the call after um, their pet is passed to okay. get some closure. Um, and and I can tell you that that end of life decision is incredibly incredibly difficult. Okay. I the last uh, pet that I needed to make that with was my sole animal, my cat Miss Kitty, and. She, I was in animal communication school at the time. She would come and sit in on our classes and, like, make herself known on the camera. And she loved it. And she loved that I was, you know, building that skill. And I was getting more information from her than I'd ever gotten in the 18 years we'd been together and i still doubted whether i'd done the right thing and had to call a friend and say did i do the right thing right right and and miss kitty being the sassy pants that she is said shut up you did the right thing so you know but miss kitty likes to kick my butt pretty often. yeah so, wow. so have you
0: have you ever run across a situation where you you know you're asked to communicate with an animal or you know, maybe you're practicing your skills. I don't know. Is that something you do? Do you just practice your skills now and then? I do. Uh, Have you ever run across an animal that just doesn't want to talk to you? Like,
1: yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I struggle with this one a little bit. Um, part of me says if they don't want to talk, that's their right to say, no, I don't want to talk. And another part of me says, do they really not want to talk? Or am I just not asking it the right way? Hmm so like the last animal that didn't want to talk to me at all i realized later that i had never introduced myself
0: and then that's important for animals and, they want to know who you are for
1: right? a yeah i mean yeah. if somebody just walked up to you and started asking you very personal <laughs> questions you'd be like who the heck are you <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good point yeah I never thought what the of that,
1: heck you know. so so there's that and then there's also you know, sometimes you can just d- do that gentle probing kind of thing, like we would do with a kid that didn't want to talk, which is like, Right, well, how you feeling today? Is there a reason why you don't want to talk about this? That kind of thing. And right. sometimes that will help them open up. And every once in a while I still get one that says, Nope, not talking to you about this. It's like, Okay, is there something else you want to talk about?
0: Yeah. You know, that's- I mean, that that is so. Um, what I find what I find really amazing about that is that the way you're describing, you know, the communications with the animals. I mean, to me, it, there there's no difference between. I mean, other than the method of communication, right? There's no difference with the conversation, generally speaking, than with talking with people.
1: No, there really isn't. It's interesting. I mean. Yeah. For example, I'm being polite when I relay what Miss Kitty says. She cusses at me regularly. Oh. So. Yeah, this is
0: a this is a G-rated <laughs> program. So any messages from her.
1: Yeah. So yeah. um and, and and most animals don't cuss at me because they don't know me that well, but she knows me well enough to, you know, use those words. So.
0: Yeah. Now what about um now, I know, and I've heard this story a number of times, the spider story. That's probably what you're best known for in, in our circle of acquaintances, you know, our mutual acquaintances. But maybe if you could just relay that really, really quick. Tell us a little bit about this. It's a really interesting story, folks.
1: Yeah. So um, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and we have spider season here. But at the time this happened, I didn't know that. Even though I've lived here my whole life, Is just, you know... So it was spider season and it's basically mating season. So you see them more often. I had a spider in my sink and I would pick him up and move him. And the next time I went in the kitchen, he'd be back in the sink. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And I was talking to a friend of mine that was an animal communicator and she would not talk to the spider for me. And she said, nope, this time you got to talk to the spider. So I spent a month doing dishes around the spider and, and asking it every time I went into the kitchen, is there something you'd like to tell me? And I spent most of that month thinking that he was telling me his name was Friedrich spelled F R I E. And when I finally got it, that he was telling me friend, Mm -hmm. it came with so much love that I, I mean, it absolutely brought tears to my eyes, and I still get chills just telling the story. Yeah. Um, and so ever since then, I like I look forward to mating season when the spiders show up. It's like visits from friends. And if they don't show up, what's going on in the insect world right now? That there aren't spiders here.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I've heard that story more than once, and I just I think that is such a it really is a beautiful story in a number of ways because I think you know we with, with a you know people are strange animals to begin with right <laughs> we are we have got to be the strangest animal on this planet um because I don't think that we necessarily have the respect towards other animals
1: no we don't like
0: we ought to right, and I think that you know well first of all, you see this spider in your sink and you don't wash it down the drain like the old nursery rhyme right um you, you you give it the respect that it deserves as a living creature, and then you go above and beyond by communicating just to find out that they're not there to harm you, they're not there to, you know, drop in your cereal bowl in the morning so it can be consumed, right? That's not why they're there, but really just because they want to exist just like we want to exist, right? And I think that you being able to communicate and receiving that message and then having that respect for that living thing, I think is, it's a magical thing, you know? Yeah. So that, that story will never get old for me.
1: I, I, and I love that story so much myself. It just it just it, like every time I tell it, I remember how much love I felt and, and it's all the more amazing to me that I was terrified of and hated these creatures right? And loved yeah, me anyway.
0: Yeah. And Anna wrote, you cured my arachnophobia. Aww. So you weren't the only one.
1: <laughs> just wait. I have spiders in this year's talk too.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to be, um, you're going to be speaking. I mean, you are, a. uh, uh Two times on the stage, right, for mm-hmm. uh, Behind the Power, which is the program run by Allison Roberts, the cognitive behavioral expert. Um, but you're going to be on stage for a third time this year. I am. And you're writing your third chapter for the third um, compendium, I guess, of, of, of personal stories that, that she's been putting out the last few years. Um, so you're going to be speaking about spiders again. Is it is it relative to your... Because I, I don't want to give, you know, give it away... Yeah. It's coming Spiders up is a
1: very small part this year, not a big part like it was last year. Right. And um, uh, the main bulk of my chapter and my speech has been about my addiction story. Okay, um, I spent over 20 years on high dose prescription opioids and would likely still be on them if my doctor hadn't retired um, and didn't even realize I was an addict until years after I stopped taking the pills hmm. So this year I'm comparing stereotypes of spiders with stereotypes of addicts.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause you, um, yeah, I remember a while ago you would, uh, you were doing a lot of research on spiders and everything else. Was that, was that a result of that conversation that you had?
1: Um, no, actually this one was just, uh, I I was looking for really good stereotypes Mm -hmm. to illustrate without getting into race and gender that are so insidious in America. Um, and, and because I'm an animal communicator wanting to tie animals into it and I was really struggling and a couple of posts about the brown recluse spider showed up in my feed. Um, at least one of which was painfully inaccurate, um <laughs> had so many like wrong misconceptions in it. Um and the brown recluse has a really, really awful reputation that right,
0: yeah.
1: science is learning is not deserved.
0: Right. It's like the Black Widow, right? Same type idea.
1: Yeah, it's the black widow, the female black widow, and the brown recluse are the two medically significant spiders that we have in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you Google brown recluse spider bite, you will see all kinds of horrifying pictures.
0: No doubt. Um, yeah.
1: And the fact of the matter is, is, is that um, they don't bite unless it's. Like absolutely necessary. They don't want to, no spider wants to bite people. We're too big to be on their menu. And their venom is precious. They need it to digest their food. So they aren't going to get rid of it for no reason. Right. Um, but the brown recluse is you will often see people will say, Oh, I went to the doctor and they said this is a brown recluse bite. Well, you can't diagnose a spider bite, but look that it was a spider that it was a spider at all, let alone what kind of spider by looking at the bite. Hmm. There are other things that can cause those nasty necrosis. Right. Um, and and science now thinks that uh, most of those have been misdiagnosed.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's the funny thing about a lot of these, the animals that we fear. I'm not going to go yeah. and say all animals, because I think that some can be aggressive, but typically for a specific reason, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Usually you know, because they're afraid, or yeah, they're backed into a corner, or um, in the case of the brown recluse, pressed against our skin. The position right. of their fangs means that they can only bite us if we—if they're pressed against our skin, they can't just do it because.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of and a lot of animals. will... remember I was saying earlier about how the dog used to like go to the door where we wanted to go out. You know, um, a lot of a lot of animals also will give you plenty of warning
1: yeah we just don't know the warning signs most of the time
0: right yeah i think i think where where i was where i heeded the warning of course is when i went to arizona this last summer hiking down the middle of a a non-trail i thought it was a trail but come to find Mm -hmm. out it wasn't a trail and then i heard that distinctive rattle sound yeah you know and Wondering, well, am I actually hearing this? Is it a snake or is it something else? It stopped and then I took the walking stick I had and hit the ground, right? Because I was on rocks and I heard it again. And uh, I'm like, that is warning me yep. not to go stick in my
1: where yeah, exactly. it
0: shouldn't be, right? So it wasn't aggressive. It didn't come after me. As a matter of fact, I'd argue that, you know, even bears, right? Because there's always these you always hear these stories about grizzly bear bear attacks and stuff like that. Um, I think that would only happen if, you know, they're protecting their young or if you happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, You know, yeah, um, yeah that's that's interesting, though, with the with the spiders. So that's that's actually really interesting if you think about it, because it makes yeah. you wonder then how many other things have been misdiagnosed.
1: Well, and brown recluse are probably one of the most, and and this is just my own opinion. I have no scientific evidence for this, but I think they're one of the most misidentified spiders because people are so terrified of them that they see them everywhere. And we got a lot of brown spiders. Right. So so a lot of people see a brown spider and think, oh, God, is that a recluse? Even if they're in states that are several states away from the recluse's normal range. (laughs) like i I get it here in washington all the time we're nowhere near their normal range yeah
0: all right so i i i I have to ask this and whether or not you want to answer it or not strictly up to you um but you live in the pacific northwest Mm -hmm. you live in washington state and we all know that one of the most elusive creatures lives supposedly in that region so my question is have you ever tried or considered reaching out to a sasquatch now you don't have to answer that but i would love to know
1: i have not tried i have considered it once or twice Mm -hmm. and my thought process on that was if they really wanted to be known they'd be known
0: that is a fair response I can't so, I, so I, a, I just
1: want to give them their privacy, yeah, you know.
0: I'm a, I'm a little disappointed with that answer, I'll admit, but again, I can see where you're coming from, right? It's the same Found, ideas.
1: Yeah. Boundaries. <laughs> yeah, <Foundries>, even, right. <laughs> even Christine
0: says agree, just <laughs> let the animal be. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that I thought that would be an interesting question. You know, that's that's a subject that I've been fascinated in also. For as long as the ESP part, by the way, the whole yeah. telepathy idea and everything else. There's something mm-hmm. about that that And I think it goes to the idea that there are still mysteries left in this world that we haven't solved yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I suppose if you were to go out and try to communicate, you would then take that big mystery away from us. So so thank you for not doing that, Jennifer.
1: You're so welcome,
0: John. Besides, I
1: have so much fun seeking out Sasquatch gifty things for you.
0: Oh, I know, and I love that. You should see my display case. I've got casts and things like that. Now it's just becoming this thing, right? <laughs> so, so what? Um, so, how would people get a hold of you if if they were interested in learning more about what it is that you do, or if they just wanted to have a chat with you?
1: So normally, and I will say this for anyone watching the replay in the future, my website, which is Jennifer um, which is currently being rebuilt, but will hopefully be back up in a week or two, which is why I say for future listeners, um, <clears throat> the fastest way to get a hold of me, honestly, is through Facebook or Instagram Messenger. Okay. Um, I've always got my phone on me and, you know, Jennifer Etzweiler, Animal Communicator on Facebook and Jen Etzwa, J-E-N-N-E-T-Z-W-A on Instagram.
0: Okay. I'll put this down below for those video watchers. Um, Thank I'll you. That and I'll show that Jennifer etzwa. that's that's so that's your instagram handle yep now have you ever um and this is this is this is something that um i've asked christine because christine uh my wife christine she has not only animal, animal communications in her toolbox but also this ability to contact human souls um the question to her always was well have you ever considered doing some kind of um, uh, either YouTube channel or podcast where you talk about the subject more, maybe get more people interested, because I think animal communication specifically for you, uh, with the exception of maybe one or two people that seem to have made a name for themselves in that area, justifiably so, because they're good at it. There's not a lot of talk about that. Um, Have you ever considered doing anything like that?
1: Um I've I've thought about it. Um I will say that you actually almost had me convinced after behind the power last year to start TikTok and then I got home and my reptilian brain kicked oh. in and went, "Oh, you can't do that." Um I don't think it's in the near future, but I hope it's in the future. It's something that I would I think I would enjoy doing, mm-hmm. um, but I really struggle with coming up with topics and what to talk about, especially with animal communication. Most of the time I can boil it down to just a few sentences and then I'm like, okay, well, what do I talk about? Now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I have some difficulty with that, but hopefully in the future um, I can build some skill around that.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you know, we were talking right before uh, we went live and you are, you know, not only are you very good at what you do, well, Christine says you guys can host together.
1: Okay. Fair. We
0: got, see, we got a potential right there. I love that. Um, but you, you, you know, you're not only exceptionally talented in the animal communication side of the house. You're also extremely good at communicating. You know, you're, you're able to, I think, and I think there's, and I think I put it this way that, you know, you have this intuitive nature that can reach out and communicate with animals. But I think that when you talk about it and when you communicate with people and even this conversation here, I think that you have a, this innate ability to connect with people, you know, and I think that that's like a one, two punch in my mind. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's an amazing skill set that you have. And, um, you're just an all around wonderful person, Jennifer, just saying. Oh,
1: thank you, John. I feel the same about you. And I, as you were saying that, so interesting. I am listening to Matthew Perry's book right now.
0: Okay. Yep. He was the one on um, I was right? Oh yeah. no, he was not. Uh,
1: yeah, was no, it? he was, he played Chandler on Friends. Oh yeah, yeah. got it. Yep. And he was in a bunch of movies and several other sitcoms too, mm-hmm. but most known for Friends. Mm-hmm. And I, there are moments when I want to cry listening to his book because here's one of the funniest actors I can think of who doesn't think he's funny. Mm. And I think that a, a lot of people live with that where other people see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. And like some days I think, yeah, I'm a pretty good communicator. And other days I think, Oh, my God, I can't even complete a sentence this mm. morning. So, so, you know, I wrestle with that for sure. And it's human.
0: It is. And, and and I agree. I mean, I struggle with that every day when I'm, you know, I'm working on an art project right now behind me. And, and you know, you don't know whether or not it's good or not or whether or not your client's going to like it or whether or not you're, you know, expressing the right message. But but you're right. You don't see what you're doing from the outside. You're seeing it from inside. And inside, we all have this baggage, right? I think yeah. the right word is trauma. I think that's the word that's the correct word for that. But we all really do have this baggage that we carry with us that seems to jade us against ourselves, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Of all, of all the people that have ever lived, Jennifer, I should be the most important person that's ever lived. I should feel that, right? Just like you should feel that. And yet we keep somehow not feeling like that. And that's unfortunate because we all have these talents and gifts that like today, me talking to you, this is something that you're gifting people that are going to be listening to this podcast today or in the future. They're going to listen to this and they're going to get something out of it, you know, and that's so you're leaving a mark is what I'm saying, you know, because you're that important.
1: Well, you too, John. I mean, look at you. You've built a whole podcast and you're so good at this. Well,
0: I appreciate that. You I'm know, for- I,
1: could, I could talk to you all day long and not even realize I was on a podcast.
0: I know. Can you believe we're already at 30 minutes?
1: Oh, my goodness. No way.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Lucinda's on also. She says, hi, sweet souls. Hey, Lucinda. Hi, Cindy, Lucinda. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's something else, isn't it? But
1: Yeah, it really is. And I think the other piece of that, just to just because this feels really important to say is the skills that we have or talents or whatever are like, I've been carrying mine around my whole life. It's just normal to me. So I don't think of it as anything special. Right. And, but the skills I see in you, like, I think, Oh my God, you're amazing. And like, I have your paintings on my wall and Mm -hmm. I know you struggle with, with, you know, are they good enough? And like, yeah, they're really good. They bring me a lot of joy, but I think we all live with that a little bit that it's, it's what we, we live with. So it's normal to us. It doesn't seem exceptional to us.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So our challenge is to kind of change that because like I said, we, we, it, it, and not to sound too overly philosophical to close this thing out but if we really want you know a society that can live together in harmony the only way we can do that is by loving who we are first because if we don't we're only going to project that out and we're never going to move ahead you know take take that for what you will but um work on yourself push it out to others and we're all going to be Happy. <laughs> we hope. Anyway, Jennifer, it's been an awesome pleasure to have you on my podcast, and I so very much appreciate you taking the time out. To Thank you so
1: so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. So next week, folks, I'm going to have Kim Nishida on. Ooh. Yeah. So Kim's she. Awesome. Yeah, she's not only an artist, but she's also a marketing uh, expert. So we're going to talk a little bit about the art of that. And I think with her, what I'm going to talk to her about specifically is you have this thing, Jennifer, that you do. How do you use your voice, right? And hopefully Kim can help us with that. So, so folks, I hope you can tune in for that. It has been a distinct pleasure to speak with you guys tonight. And I'll see you next Tuesday night. So be good. Thank you so very much for joining me on the Art Talk podcast, where it's my goal to bring artists together to talk about their craft. If you'd like to join me for a conversation, please reach out via email at johncoleartist at gmail.com or by visiting my website at johnrobertcole.com. So until next time, keep crafting, painting, and inspiring others with your creativity. You make more of an impact than you know. See ya.